This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, February 21st, 2021. No love lost, love speaks truth. Oh. You know, I could hear everybody go, yeah, that is a pretty eff- effective video, though because we're going to be talking about truth, but <laughs> sometimes we don't see the truth clearly. And so we always need to look to the Word of God and God's Holy Spirit to show us the way. And we're so glad that you're here to join us for um, the message called Love Speaks Truth. Yeah. So good morning, Connection Church. Here, there, wherever you are. Yeah, let's have a clap. Yeah, let's give God a clap. You got a hand. Yeah, so good to be with everybody, wherever you are. So it's week two of our series, No Love Lost, and today we're going to focus on Love Speaks Truth. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Kevin, of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We are honored and blessed that you have joined us right here on site and online. We have lots and lots of people. There's close to 60 households watching on Facebook, and we know that there are even more on YouTube. I can't see who you are on YouTube. I I think this is the most we've had in here Uh, in a long time. Yeah, we just want everybody to know. Yeah, it's wonderful. It it is wonderful. for those of you who aren't here, everybody's socially distant. We're sitting as families. Well, wait a minute. We, we aren't women. We aren't. Okay. We're wearing masks except, uh, you know, when we're down there. And um, we're just grateful. We're grateful. I can feel an end in sight to this. I hope you can too. And um, anyway, let's pray. Almighty God, thank you so much for today. It's a day that you've made, a day where we can be excited about you. You're a good, good father. And I know that a lot of people here at 4744 Summit Bridge Road and a lot of people online are dealing with some pretty tough stuff. And um, thank you for being good at all times. Your goodness is so generous. And it just holds us tight. And so now, Lord, uh, remove any distractions. We know that the evil one wants to distract us from your message, from your word. Help us just fight against that and focus on what you would have to say to each one of us this morning. I pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And everybody agreed and said, Amen. 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 So the 13th chapter of the book of uh, 1 Corinthians which is the first of two letters that Paul wrote to the church in Corinth, which is in Greece. It's often referred to as the love chapter. Say love chapter. Love chapter. At home. Good, good. So this chapter is often selected, and you maybe have heard it read often at weddings, right? Wedding, it's like one of the most popular wedding chapters. And um, because of that whole idea of love and weddings, they kind of go hand in hand, hopefully, right? But unlike us, the Greeks, as we've shared sometimes before, had, had many words for the word, we, word love. We use love, and they discriminate some various aspects. For example, philia, P-H-I-L-I-A, which meant a love that's a very strong liking. Affection has one, like one has for a close friend, possibly even like for a brother or sister. That's where we get the city Philadelphia, which means the city of 
brotherly love. There's also a, a Philadelphia in Greece. There you go. They also had a word, storge, storge. And, and that's the kind of love that family members have for one another, like a parent might have for a child. You know that, that special bond that's there and, uh, and uh, <clears throat> of a relative for each other, especially parent-child. They also had pragma. Pragma is a kind of practical love, practical love founded on reason, you know, thinking on duty and one's long-term interest. It's where we get our word pragmatic, pragmatic. And then there's the word eros, which is that romantic, you make my heart start kind of love. And they actually have a few more, but we didn't want to get beat you to death with the love words this morning. So none of those Greek words that Alan used. Um, <laughs> Has nothing to do with what we're talking about today. <laughs> you know what, though? We use love like, oh, I love the fact that you guys are here. But that is, that's. We kind of throw that word around, and the Greeks just really were able to separate it out a little bit better than we are. None of those words for love is the one that was used by Paul, the Apostle Paul, who wrote much of the second half of the Bible, and especially in his letter to the Corinthian church. The word for love that he used is agape. Agape. We say that around here a lot. Agape love. Um, that's the type of love that when we read love in the New Testament, that is what they're referring to most of the time. Agape love is that unconditional love, that no strings attached kind of love. It's not based on feelings or emotions. It doesn't come and go. It's that love that God has for each one of us that does not waver. You know, in our human culture, we love, it's like, um, I love you if you do this or you do that or you don't do this or you don't do that. And that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the kind of love that goes the distance. Goes the distance. It's not based on a feeling, but on a decision to love. It's the kind of love that God has for each one of us, each one of you. The kind of love that Jesus displayed on the cross. Wow. The kind of love that we are called to have for God and for one another. So back to the love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13. Here's what Paul says about love. This is verses 4 through 8a. This is the New International Version. This is what he writes. He writes, and think about this. You know, we blew, go through this quickly oftentimes, and at weddings you hear it, but you're watching the bride and groom, wondering what's going to happen next. Think about each word that Paul shares here. Love is patient, and compare it to your experience. <laughs> love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud, which means it's not all about me. It does not dishonor others. Or another way of putting that says it does honor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Wow. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Let me say that again. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Say it with me. Love never, never fails. fails. And so Paul gives us this tour de force of what love is and what love is not. 
We'll be talking a lot about love from now until Easter. Our focus this morning focuses on one sentence in this um, scripture that Alan just read. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. I'm going to say that again. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. So there are two aspects of love in this sentence, rejecting evil and rejoicing in the truth. Let's take a look at both of those because in order for us to pursue godly love in all of our relationships, we need to keep both of those ideas close. So what we need to start with then is what is truth anyway? Well, truth is that which is real, that which we can trust, that which comes from God. Knowing what God says and believing it, that's truth. Truth is the opposite of what's false, which is made up, which is not to be trusted, which is from the evil one, from Satan. Truth brings us closer to one another, closer to God. Falsehood separates us, comes between us, takes us away from God. And so we live in a culture in which many believe what is known as relative truth. It's a truth that depends on the situation. What is true here may not be true there. It all depends. Hmm. The truth we talk about today is absolute. It's concrete. It is less variable. The truth that we talk about today focuses on God and God's word. It does not change. God's word, God's truth does not change. And it's like what we read in Matthew chapter 7. Matthew's in the New Testament, and it's where Jesus told his listeners that those who listened to his words and put his words into action were like a man who built his house upon a rock, a rock rather than shifting sand. Jesus is the rock. Jesus is our rock. And when we build our lives on him, on what he says, on what he does, on his truth, our houses won't collapse in the shifting sands of Satan. Jesus equals truth. Say that with me. Jesus equals truth. That's what he says about himself. That's what he names himself. In fact, we see in the Bible, Jesus says, I am the way, that means Jesus equals way. I am the truth, Jesus equals truth. I am the life, Jesus equals life. When we know Jesus, we know what truth is. When we know the promises and the victory, we know Jesus. Jesus shows us the promises and tells us that the victory is his. And we can absolutely depend on that no matter what our circumstances are, no matter what we are faced with. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. Mm. Since it rejoices in truth, love speaks truth. Love speaks truth. In the book of John, that's the fourth book of the New Testament, written by a guy who was one of the followers of Jesus, one of his disciples. Jesus, in this book, uh, John shares that where Jesus gives us some insight into truth. This is John 8th chapter, verses 31-32, New International Version. 
To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. And so Jesus teaches truth. Knowing him, knowing his teachings means knowing the truth. You've got to know him. You've got to read. You've got to look at the Bible and see what Jesus says to know truth. Culture doesn't tell us the truth. The Bible, God's word, tells us the truth. And the truth will set you free. Maybe you've experienced that. The truth will set you free. I know I have. Those times when I've hidden something, an action or a feeling, doing what isn't exactly right. Some secrets are good, but many are not. And when we come clean with God and or one another, there is freedom. The truth sets us free. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Love speaks truth. Rejoicing with the truth through love looks like persevering with one another. When things become difficult, when storms come, we have an opportunity as a friend, a spouse, a family member to be a mouthpiece for truth in difficult seasons. We have the opportunity to speak truth. Encouraging others to a point of a joyful hope through the goodness of God. We, we can give witness to our own experiences about truth, helping those who we care about be all call, God calls them to be. These can be tough conversations, but love speaks truth. Love speaks truth. A few years ago, Alan had one of those conversations with me. He had one of the most truthful and loving conversations that I have ever experienced in my life. He shared a concern with me that was both loving and gentle, yet direct. He was speaking truth into my life. And when I was confronted with the truth, I tried really hard to not get defensive or to make excuses. And then I went to a time of introspection, and I knew that I had a choice to make or a change to make, or not. And God gets the glory for it all. God gets the glory for my recovery. But it started with Alan not being afraid to tell the truth. And ultimately, we've been able to even rejoice in the truth, and I've been able to share that truth with you, and it has indeed set me free because he's the one that sets us free. Mm. Love speaks truth, amen? Amen. So love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. That's, that's from Paul, from that love chapter. So let's talk about that other part of that sentence. Love does not delight in evil. Evil. You just got a feeling of evil from that guy on the screen, didn't he? He was creepy, wasn't he? Yeah. And that little wink at the end, oh, out. <laughs> Love does not delight in evil. That means we reject evil. We, we're, we're dismayed by it. We're distressed by it. To not delight in evil means 
that when bad things happen to other people, we feel sorrow for them. When tragedy strikes, we empathize, empathize with them. We support them. When, when we see injustice in the world, we're moved to speak up. Or at least we should be. We should be. When those we love are trapped in sin struggles, we don't encourage them on that path, but rather we encourage them out of that path because love speaks truth. Now, the dictionary defines evil as profound immorality and wickedness, especially when regarded as a supernatural force. <clears throat> we know that supernatural force to be the person of Satan, who is the father of lies. The father of lies. Jesus says this about Satan, John chapter 8, verse 44. He, Satan, was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Jesus cannot be more direct than this. I love that line. When he lies, he speaks his native language. Man, the father of lies, there is no, notice that, doesn't say there is no, that's an absolute word, isn't it? There is no truth in him. And the challenge for us is he knows our hot spots. He knows our weaknesses. He knows those places in our lives that are tough. The good news is that he doesn't know our thoughts, though. Only God knows our thoughts. Always, he speaks into those places. He does. He? he speaks into those places. Got a voice that says things like this. You'll never hear this from God, but saying you're not good enough. Who told you that way back in Genesis? Who told you that? Sure wasn't God. Who told you that? You're not, good, you're not smart enough. Maybe you've heard that back here someplace. You're not pretty enough, not handsome enough, not thin enough. Hello. Not faithful enough. He often does it not like I just did, but more of a whisper. Because when it's a whisper, you don't, you're not able to sneak into you better. Whispers those things in your and the trouble is we believe him all too often. What we got to remember is he only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Steal, kill, and destroy. Steal your joy, kill your soul. And destroy your life, especially destroy your life eternally. Jesus is carried before, said before, equals truth. Jesus also equals love. Jesus is love, and Satan is anything but. Anything but. Jesus speaks truth, and love speaks truth. Jesus speaks All truth. right, everybody take a deep breath. We're going to shift gears a minute. <laughs> I'm happy to do that. We're going to look at a passage found in the book of Ephesians. Ephesians is found in the New Testament. It's a letter. It's a letter that Paul wrote to a church at Ephesus. It's a city in Greece that's currently now part of West Turkey. The primary theme of this letter that Paul wrote is a call to unity within the church. Don't we? I'm so happy that. I believe that we are unified as Connection Community Church on our mission, but our things outside of us don't seem unified at all. 
Anyway, he's talking about unity, especially between Jews and Gentiles are non-Jewish followers of Jesus. That is especially evident in the opening verses of chapter 4 in the book of Ephesians. Paul says this, I therefore, the prisoner in the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to maintain the unity of the Spirit, that's a capital S, Spirit, Holy Spirit, in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. So later on, Paul talks to these same believers about how unity in Christ comes from spiritual maturity, which comes from speaking the truth in love. This is that same chapter, Ephesians 4, this is verses 14 to 16, New Revised Standard Version, starting at verse 14. We must no longer, excuse me, we must no longer be children tossed to and fro and blown about by every wind of doctrine, by people's trickery, by their craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, there it is, we must grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined in it together by every ligament with which it is equipped, as each part is working properly, promotes the body's growth and building itself up in love. So here we have two sides of the coin. It's a two-way street. Love speaks truth. But when we speak truth, we are to speak it in love. So how does that work? What does that look like in the practical, in the everyday? So, you know, working together as we do can be a little challenging at times, right? A little bit. A little challenging, especially when we see things differently. We Some have of different our closest approaches. friends are laughing right like, now. Huh? Some of our closest friends yeah, are laughing. Yeah, I'm really sure our children are rolling. Yeah, yeah. Right. Aaron's, Aaron's hunkering Aaron's, down there. Yeah. You know, especially if we see things and have different approaches, which we most of the time do. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, our Myers-Briggs. Yeah. You know, Myers-Briggs has four quadrants, uh, uh, like, uh, what are they, um, introvert, extrovert, uh, thinker, feeler. We did a, a thing of that a few years ago, and we didn't know this before. On every quadrant, we were at opposite ends, every single of the four. I thought, man, I wish I'd known this before. Not that it would have changed, you know, getting together, but it would have answered a lot of questions, you know. It was, well, no wonder. That's, that's how you're wired. Of course it's like that. And I'm sure she's thinking the same thing. So, so, there. so we often have different approaches to things. And so working together, well, one, at one time, we never thought that would even be possible, but the Lord makes that happen and actually can, can, can utilize that for his good, for his glory. Um, that all being said, though, I guess I got to say, Carrie's very good at exhibiting love through truth and speaking the truth in love. And I'll tell you especially how this comes through. Now, generally, I write the messages for Sunday, take a blank page and start. And Carrie's the editor with the, you know, the, 
It's not a red pen. Often it's just a verbal thing or some notes. But, and sometimes there's not a lot, but sometimes, whew, you know, it's, um, it's very serious. And, and you know, and, and, and I have to be very careful to keep my ego in check. Because, you know, it's something I've spent time on. I just don't throw these together. I put a lot of time and I prayer and, and, and it comes back and there's like a whole section. And, and I work very hard to try to make it understandable to get it. And Carrie will say, I don't get it. I'm going, oh my gosh, how can you not get it? But I try not to say that out loud. You know, I try, to, I try to keep my ego in check. Sometimes I'm not good at it, though. Sometimes it's like, and, 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 and I got to say, um, I, I fight that that part of, of trying not to and say, well, how could you not get it and keep my ego Well, check? I do get it, but I just didn't yeah. think anybody else yeah. would. Or, yeah, and, and, the, or, and I'll say this, though. She, um, she, I know, has to work hard at walking this tightrope between telling me what needs to be changed and not hurting my feelings. You, you get what I'm saying here? And, and not saying, oh, boy, that's, was, that was hard, you know, being and not hurt my feelings. And I, I know that's a true tightrope at times. I can actually see it because she starts so gingerly, Alan, uh, and cautiously and almost hesitates because I know that she doesn't really want to have to do it. But I have to say this, she loves me enough and she loves you enough and she loves Jesus enough to, to walk that tightrope and take that risk to tell the truth even if it's painful, even if it hurts a little bit, even if it's challenging for me, to lovingly tell me the truth, even though that's tough at times. And even though I may not always love to hear it right away. Or read my revision <laughs> when I send it to you. Yeah, if it's really tough, she'll just send it. I just rewrite. Stay away for a while. Uh, even though I may not always love to hear it right away. I'm working hard at, make, at not being so... Hmm. In the long run, I, I appreciate, I truly do appreciate that... that she has that kind of love for me, you, and the Lord, and is able to not only speak truth, but to do it lovingly. Love speaks truth, and it speaks it with love. So thank you, Karen. So let's go back to that sentence that we're really focused on today. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. One of our biggest challenges as human beings is believing the truth that God loves us, flaws and all. That even though I mess up, God still loves me with that unconditional love. God's character is such that God cannot love you. God made you, God created you. That he has that no matter what kind of love for each one of us. And you know, the father of lies, Satan, works overtime to have us believe uh, differently, to believe that God couldn't love us that much, especially considering things that we've done. Satan wants to separate us from God, but we know the truth. Nothing can separate us from God. Nothing. And so it's really, really important to not buy into the deception but lean toward the truth. Love speaks truth. Yeah. And you know, the truth is, really truthfully, if we look at it, we're not worthy of God's love, are we? Not really. We're sinners, all of us. We all fall short of God's glory. But the thing is, it's not about whether we're worthy. It's not about whether we're perfect. 
It's not about whether we measure up. Jesus is worthy. <laughs> Jesus is perfect. And Jesus certainly measures up. And he gave his life to cover our imperfections. Jesus is the measure. That's right. To pay the price of our shortcomings and sin, sacrifice his life here on earth so that we might have life through eternity. <laughs> no, matter what, no matter what Satan says, what I just shared with you is the truth. It's the truth. And God loves you. God loves me. God loves us all, no matter what. Nothing we can do to get him to love us more. Nothing we can do to get him to love us less. The absolute truth. No ifs, ands, or buts. Truth. Love speaks truth, and God is love. And the love of Jesus Christ speaks the truth that you are forgiven. That Not because of what you did, but because of what Jesus has done. Not because you're worthy, but because he is. Not because you're perfect, but Jesus is perfect. He was the perfect sacrifice. And, and no number of lies offered up by Satan or anyone else can change the truth that Jesus died to bring salvation, to save you and to save me from the lies that Satan uses to separate us from God and from one another. Love speaks truth. This past Wednesday, we started a season that the church knows. It's called Lent. Lent, it's this 40 days that takes us on a journey. It's a season of preparation. It's a time where it's meant for us to get ready, our hearts ready for the resurrection of Jesus. And, you know, it's hard to really appreciate what Jesus did for us without going on that journey. It's a season where we use to look in our hearts, to do some introspection, to look at our relationship, to realize maybe where we fall short and what we can do in order to kind of shore up. Uh, it's a time to lean into some spiritual disciplines. We talk about spiritual disciplines around here. The first, probably the most important one, is to read the Bible, to know the Word of God. But then there are others like prayer, devotion, uh, meditation, fasting. You know, you can fast from food, but you can also fast from uh, the computer or, or Facebook, except on Sunday morning when you're on Facebook Live and watching our church. <laughs> um, the point is to exchange that time that I might use scrolling or playing a game on my phone and use it instead to connect with God. So we had a little um, teaching this past Wednesday because we are back with Noon Connection for a while. And so every Wednesday at noon, thank you so much. We had, it was amazing how many people joined us. It was like our congregation was back. Um, and so on Wednesdays at noon, we're going to be doing a teaching on spiritual disciplines throughout this season. And um, hopefully they might help move us along as we seek to know the truth, the word of God, as we continue the journey, love speaks truth. And we would love for you to join us. And if you haven't been there before, it's only like about 15 minutes. 15 little, minutes. Well, if it's not like church for an hour or whatever, just 15 minutes. Or you minutes. can go back and look at it when you get home from See work later. later. Yeah.
So here's the truth that we want you to take with you today. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Love speaks truth. And the truth is that God loves you more than you can begin to imagine. Just like you are, but too much to leave you there. Don't let Satan tell you anything else. Don't let him fill you with his lies. God sacrificed his one and only son for you to save you from your sin. Pure and simple. You don't have to earn what God has already given you. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. We, we work so hard to try to get what God just wants to hand to us. We don't have to work for it. It's there. It's a gift, pure and simple, free. All we got to do is realize that we're sinners in need of a Savior. That Jesus died for us and to invite him into our lives. That's simple. That's simple. That is the truth. That is the truth. That's the good news of Jesus Christ. It has really been good to be with you today. Here and online, there's a lot of chatter online. And yesterday I had a really crazy day, and it's been a crazy week, and it's going to be another really crazy week. And for a lot of reasons... But today, just to be able to share, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth, has me so fired up for the week. I'm so excited to live out each day and each hour. And I hope you are too, because God has a purpose and a plan and will never, ever let us go. Listen to the voice of truth. Listen to God, Holy Spirit. It might be a gentle whisper. It might just be a nudge. It might be another person. Never know. But he wants to speak into each one of our lives. And that's the truth. Let's pray together. Almighty God, you are the voice of truth. Help us hear you in such a variety of ways. And help us not be discouraged because we all want to like really hear your voice and know it. But you do speak to us. It could be through a beautiful sunrise or a sunset or just the reality of peace that passes all understanding during a time that is chaotic. It could be through a friend. It could be through a nudge. But God, we know that you speak. Thank you for speaking truth into our lives. Thank you for your love. Thank you for the love that we share in our human relationships. Help us always hear your voice of truth. We love you, Lord. And we thank you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody agreed and said, Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.